So like I said, the uh, that's kind of the topic tonight is, is going to be kind of what gets in the way. And there's this story that I heard some years ago that I think is a good lead in. Um, and so last week I spoke about the, uh, the, the life of the Buddha, right? Um, my version, right, of the life of the Buddha. And, uh, and so what it said is that the Buddha didn't uh, uh, create the path, that he really rediscovered an ancient, ancient path, right? And that this path um, that the Buddha walked on to achieve enlightenment had at the end of it a golden palace, filled with gems and beautiful um, um, treasures, you know. And that this, um, he kind of spoke to as, as enlightenment, as uh, uh, the golden palace, right? And so before Siddhartha Gautama, the Buddha, right, uh, found uh, this path again. And, and he really did rediscover it, right? That there had been countless thousands of awakened beings, enlightened beings, who had also found this path. Someone had built the palace, right? Someone had had created the the you know cut back the trees originally, right? Created the path, you know. But after every great teacher, awakened being, just like the last Buddha, Siddhartha Gautama, after he died, right? He left the path for everyone to find. And matter of fact, he said, go find it, right? Get on it, stay on it. No matter what gets in your way, there are ways to get around it. There are ways to keep going. Please keep going, right? So one of the, one of the things that, that I think about is as, as all of us, right, are just kind of getting the path. Hey, look, there's the path, right? Kind of pointed out to us. As we're young in practice, I'm still pretty young in practice myself. It's, you know, I'm young in age and I'm young in practice in that sense. You know, um, but the way it was described to me is that as we as we start to walk on this path, that there are things that get in our way, right? Brambles on the path, rocks, falling trees, right? A big gust of wind that tries to knock us off the path, right? And that these uh, can hinder us from uh, reaching the golden palace, right? Reaching the, the, the jewels within the lotus, right? Uh, and so that's what we're going to speak a little bit about tonight, right? So that's kind of the, the, like the, the story of keep going. You know, it's like the encouragement of keep going. And yeah, there's gonna, it's going to be difficult. Yeah, there's going to be things... That come in the way. We're going to talk about some of them and give you some suggestions tonight. So the word hindrance, or the um, the Pali version of that is navarana, is used to describe kind of the things that get in our way, right? Uh, so they hinder the proper functioning of the mind. So they hinder the proper functioning of our ability to stay here. Now, to stay focused, clear seeing is a way that it's often described. So they, they, they hinder or they get in the way. So under the influence of the hindrances, uh, one is unable to understand one's own good or the good of others. 
right? it gets kind of askew. You know, like we're able, we're not able to see the good uh, of the path. We're too worried about, ah, I just got a thorn in my foot, and I'm angry or whatever about it. So they also hinder us, these qualities or aspects also hinder us from gaining concentration and insight. And uh, in this tradition, one needs concentration before gaining insight. So that's kind of the idea uh, of this meditation practice. So learning to work with these aspects is necessary in order to progress in mindfulness. Um, in order to benefit from this practice. Right? We have to really look at these things. And you guys have all experienced them already. Maybe all five. Maybe just two or three. Maybe even tonight you experienced all five. Right? So we'll go through them in just a minute. Well, actually, I'll just talk about them now. But before that, I just want to ask, is there any questions? Or any, anything you don't understand that I've already said? Please. Um... I guess the, the 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 question I have is the path, mm-hmm. right? I, I can get you imagery and, mm-hmm. and it's helpful, but I don't really know uh-huh. Uh-huh. what is the path. Right. It's like is the is is the ultimate to awaken, uh-huh. and I'm not even sure what awaken is. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, I can understand. I understand what comes. From, it's more like. I'm just going along doing what you suggest to do, but uh-huh. I don't really get much more than that. I mean, okay. I have words and stuff, I've uh-huh. heard, but, uh-huh. you know, why be on the path? Yeah. Right? Why are you on the path? Don't, Am I? Yeah, well, don't, 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 <laughs> I was going to say, don't answer, actually. Just think about that. Like, like, why are, are you even wondering if you're on a path? You know what I mean? So just like more would be revealed. Have you you've heard that before? Yeah? And so it really applies here. The idea of more will be revealed. You, if, you take, if you are looking at a path and you've stepped one foot on the path, you can't have any idea what the goal is. Where, where you, someone may have said to you, oh yeah, there's a huge golden temple over there. Just keep staying on this path. And you'll find it. No matter what gets in your way. Just keep staying on the path. Right? So that, this kind of leads back to the, the question that you asked last week about will you give us the ABCs of, of, of Buddhism yeah. coming up to be continued. Okay. All right. So stay, right? Okay. So some of these things that get... In our, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So I guess the question I have, I'm Tom, <laughs> um, is that um, along the lines of what was being asked, uh-huh. I'm assuming the path and the palace are metaphorical. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, it, it is, it's, it's imagery, but it's also not. I mean, the path is the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, which we're going to go over. It really is, the, it's called the path. The steps to get to the end of the road, 
whatever that end of the road is. And the imagery of the golden palace, right? I mean, is awakening, is enlightenment, nibbana, freedom from suffering, right? So that's so it's it is both imagery and fact, reality. So helpful, okay. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to stop the questions because really, you're looking too far ahead. Stay right here. Let's talk about what happened in, during this meditation. What got in your way? Okay. Let me give you some names for the things that got in your way, so that you can know where you're going to go later. All right. So let's back up a little bit. Okay. Well, so hold the questions now for the end. All right. Cool. I'm just worried about time. So. So here they are, okay? Sensual desire, otherwise known as, as fantasy, craving, wanting, or clinging. These, th- this is considered a hindrance, right? Something that, that impedes us from moving forward, okay? From gaining concentration and insight, all right? Aversion. Aversion looks many different ways, but it can also it can look like dislike, pushing away, avoidance, anger, or ill will, Okay? So these are again things that we're we're just we'll, we'll talk a lot more about, but I'm just giving you the what they are, the list. Okay, sloth and torpor. You may have experienced them today. Sloth and torpor is sleepiness, laziness, sluggishness of mind, also procrastination can be looked at as kind of uh, sloth and torpor. So restlessness, remorse. Agitation, distraction, um, distraction both in the mind or the body, agitation in the mind or the body. These can be, uh, uh, you know, things that get in the way of our clear seeing. So, and then the last is doubt. So doubt, doubt's tricky actually because doubt can be really helpful. Actually, uh, uh, questioning. Not so much doubt itself, but the the investigative questioning the Buddha really pointed to as as something that's helpful, um, and he would say it all the time, right? He would say, "Don't you know? Don't just believe what is being said to you. See it in your if it doesn't fit for you in your practice, you know, then don't use it, right? And the same thing is true for anything that I'm saying, but." The, the, there's a quality of doubt that is really like lack of belief. Lack of belief that there is a path or there is a golden temple or there is enlightenment, right? So much doubt that you just don't take the next step, right? Meditation is hard. This is, can be doubt. I don't really want to, I don't do it well. I'm not a good meditator. I don't know anyone that's a good meditator right away. Except for like, Sadatha Gautama, when he was eight years old, like fell into this deep samadhi, you know, practice, right? The Buddha to be at eight years old. And that was like, you know, there are some people who just kind of fall into it, you know, at a young age. Past life, you know, uh, the right kind of, uh, you know, attributes or whatever. Um, There is, there there are people that are like that. But most people, you know, we all have the same, the same doubts for sure. So, lack of belief um, in the benefit of meditation, right? Oh, this won't really work for me. You know? Yeah, yeah. Meditation is good for some people, but 
I just really like to listen to music, you know, or whatever it is, you know, right? So this again is kind of like it's 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 considered doubt, right? Uh, I've battled with this a lot in my uh, personal practice, and so lack of faith is another way to, to 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 talk about it. Lack of faith in the uh, the experience of meditation, in the process of meditation, in the goal of of where this mindfulness practice can take you. Right. This is, would be another way of. Um, talking about uh you know there's a lot of actually talk of faith uh but it's not like faith in uh uh power greater than yourself it's not faith in um your teacher even it's faith that well it's a little bit faith in the teacher faith in the dharma faith in the truth the truth of nature the truth of your experience that's really what you're kind of asking to put faith into which battles doubt so there's a few uh, ways in which this is actually looked at, right? So uh, the, the Buddha gave a lot of similes uh, in his teaching, and one of the one of the teachings that he gave was uh, specifically about looking at water as these aversions right? um, and different aspects of water, right? So the aspects of the mind or the hindrances can be seen as water mixed with dye. This being sensual desire. So water mixed with dye. I'll explain all of them later. Aversion uh, can affect the mind like water that has been boiled. Sloth and torpor uh, can be seen as the mind overgrown with allergy. right, Or water overgrown with allergy. So restlessness and worry affect the mind like water stirred by wind. And doubt affects the mind like dark or muddy water. So in all five uh, cases, one cannot see one's reflection properly. It's hindered. Right. So the, again, reflecting in. Can't, can't have clear seeing because of you know, these various things. Right. And then there's further uh, kind of explanation. So sensual desire colors one's perception. Okay, so kind of makes like it's like getting a little bit into fantasy or into wanting um, this quality, this like desire. It's not it's not so much like just one kind of desire. It's really desire in general, desire for pleasure, desire for for uh, uh, you know craving or wanting or comfort, right? Um, what else? So, because of aversion, uh, one gets heated, right? Anger, ill will, causes actually a reaction in the body. Right? Heat happens. Um, and then so the, the, this vision of boiling water. Right? So the other is um, sloth and torpor. The result is stagnation, right? So we had talked about sloth and torpor being overgrown with allergy, right? Sleepiness. Stagnation, right? stagnation of the mind, sluggishness of the mind. Sometimes when we overeat or oversleep, we, we experience this, or or overwork and we get exhausted, right? So that, that you know, it's kind of like finding that balance there. But this is just the thing that comes up, right? It's not that we did anything; it just happens. These hindrances are existent. 
So through restlessness, one gets tossed about like like wind in the water. So this is like giving an example of the hindrances as we may experience them and as we may they may be experienced in the mind. Right. So there's there's another set that actually talks a little bit about the relief of the hindrances. This is the part I really like because relief is good. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm on the path, right? Because I want some relief from the suffering that that continues and but has lessened over time. So another way of looking at them is to uh, to be free from sensual desire is like being relieved of debt. To be free from aversion is like recovering from a physical illness. Uh, to be free from sloth or torpor is akin to being released from prison. To be uh, free from agitation or restlessness and or worry is like being liberated from slavery. Uh, and to be free from, from doubt is like crossing a dangerous desert safely. So desire, right? So agitating the mind is compared to being in heavy debt, right? This desire, this wanting constantly all the time um, can be, and so the relief of that is like is like having a debt lifted. So the, the tension created through aversion, right? Uh, being quite literally like a disease, right? Like a disease or like a dis-ease is often what they call so uh, uh, aversion, right? anger, ill will, uh, hostility. Even some forms of sarcasm can be considered uh, uh, you know, aversion or ill will. That's something I've had to work with because I'm pretty sarcastic. So sloth and torpor doles and imprisons the mind. Right? So like being freed from prison. Liberated when you come out of sloth and torpor. Someone that's been locked up, liberated when you get out of uh, confinement. So agitation, restlessness, and worry uh, can control the mind to such an extent that one is completely at its mercy. Right? This idea of agitation is like being libera- liberated from slavery. And then so doubt, doubt leaves one in a state of insecurity, not knowing which way to turn and, and like for which reasons. And for those reasons, um, being relieved of doubt is like, you know, getting through a dangerous desert safely, you know. So the Buddha actually gave these examples. So the, the challenge is to see the hindrances as they arise, right? This is the trick, right? If one can recognize them and contemplate them as a meditation, one's practice will be led to the purification of one's own mind. So this purification, again, reference to you know the, the, the golden temple, right? The purification of the mind. In, in this way means really kind of being free of the hindrances. Right? Which, I don't know if you guys can relate or not, but for me, have ruled my life. Every one of those. Right? Worry, anger, sloth and torpor. 
aversion, doubt, right? um, desire, just ruled me, right? To the point where I was like, you know, just looking, grabbing them, you know. And the, we, we, I talked about a few weeks ago, monkey mind, right? This idea of a of kind of a frantic monkey jumping from limb to limb to limb. This is the mind. This is as the mind grasps to hindrances. One sometimes one from another to another. The whole the whole time avoiding clear seeing, avoiding reflecting. Right, the path is before you. Um, I don't really even need to describe it. It's there, and you either know or you don't know. Right. I mean, there's description that will obviously happen. Right. But what I'm saying is that is that the the first thing you need to do is get a clear idea of what's in the way. Right. And have a little faith. So some of the things, so, so some of these things can get in the way. Um, and sometimes they come two at a time, three at a time. <laughs> you know. Uh, and so the, there's a really simple way that I just taught you tonight. About how to work with this. Noting. Just noting. So yet last week I spoke with you about um, the the at, at the point of the Buddha's enlightenment there was this, this Mara figure, right? I, I made reference to the hindrances, right? So Mara is the, the, the god or goddess of of kind of the underworld, the devil in the kind of Buddhist uh, uh, you know idea of things. There's not really a devil, right? It's actually an aspect of the mind. Uh, and it's actually a personification of the hindrances, all of those. Right? So, so uh, uh, one of the ways to, to think about this is that a point, the, the, the point at which the Buddha became uh, enlightened, he just kind of saw clearly, I see you all as illusion. Right? Desire, it's illusion. Aversion, it's illusion. Right? No, no matter what Mara threw at him, he would just say, ah, I see it as illusion. Right? I see the builder of this house is like the exact words. Right? Uh, being the kind of life, like, like the, all of the obstruction, all of the things that, that get in the way to clear seeing. Right? So this is. Working with just the hindrances um, can, you know, lead you to uh, uh, clear seeing, to enlightenment, right? This mindfulness practice again and again. Coming back to the breath, back to the present moment. Seeing the mind, oh, getting caught in fantasy, right? Recognizing it, acknowledging fantasy or thinking. Thinking is easier because you can just go thinking. Right? And come back. Sensation in the body. Oh, sensation. Just come back. Right? Hearing. Oh, hearing. Come back. But you can even look at it further when you begin to develop some concentration. Right? And there's a, um, this idea of 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 uh, uh, looking like contemplating. Oh, okay. I see the arising of desire. Right? I see the the presence of desire, and I see the passing away of desire. Because it does. Right? Anger. See the arising of anger. The passing, or the, the, you know, the existence of anger and the passing away of anger. Right? And then, continually working with that, 
Because um, at first it's going to be hard, right? It's hard. It's not easy. But over time, as you build concentration, you begin to see it before it arises. Oh. And there's this, there's this reference that in, in, from the time of the Buddha's enlightenment, right? He became fully awakened, right? This is what enlightenment means. Fully awakened, fully free. Nibbana. The word Nibbana or Nirvana means, means um, um, the extinguishing of the flame. The flame of suffering. So the idea is that the flame, like we are the wood, right? The flame is uh, the craving. When we remove the craving, extinguish the flame, right? Then that's freedom. Freedom from suffering. Yeah. I, I don't know if it is accurate or not, but I've heard the um, link in the culture that we live in a lot. Could be that flames were, like when you put out a flame, it didn't like cease to exist, mm-hmm. but it sort of like stopped burning. Mm-hmm. You can sort of imagine that like it was unbound. Yeah, unbound. So that's like right freedom. If that's what I mean, like you're like released, yeah, or releasing the fuel of those things, you're no longer burning. Like, you know. Exactly. Yeah, great example. And actually, the word nibbana was a household word. Like when you light a fire, it was nibbana, right? To 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 put out a fire, right? It was to 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 nibbana the fire. <laughs> that's all it meant, you know, extinguishing the flame. So yeah, thank you for. Thank you for that. So, I was saying about about Mara that Mara, um, this the, the hindrances. Okay, we're going to we're calling Mara in the story. They're called Mara. Right? Came back time and time and time again, even after the Buddha's awakening. Right? They don't. There are aspects of the mind that the Buddha was free from. Right? The the extinguishing. Okay. So him being. Uh, or you know this teaching and him being the, the 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 first or the last in this you know until until there's another um, fully awakened. Um, the idea is that we're kind of holding that I, that uh, uh, story that ideal as a um, something to focus on as hope. Oh, this guy did it. Why can't I? And there's no reason why you can't. Not one. You know, so this is something to think about. So working with the hindrances as practice. Recognizing the hindrances um, as they arise, right? And acknowledging they're passing away. And when they're not present. Acknowledging when they're not present. Right? Oh. I'm not having a, a hindrance attack right now. Anger is not present. All right. So often we notice when there's the negative quality is present, right? Stress, anger, you know, or the the sometimes you know happiness too. Yeah, actually, joy. You know, they, we notice that. But when is there not a, an intense feeling or uh, 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 emotion not present that we're clear and we're aware of? Right, huh? Peace. Peace. Yeah, right. That's what we're talking about. Like being able to kind of be with that and not have it, not need it to be anything else. But also seeing when when one thing arises, when another thing arises, and actually you can have peace in the middle of the flame. 
that's um, there's actually this you know, Ajahn Sumedho. Ajahn Sumedho is this like 80 year old Western monk, one of the first monks um, to be ordained in Thailand uh, under an all Thai speaking uh, you know tradition, and he. Um, and he, I, w- I was at this monastery over the summer, and he was, uh, no, over the, anyway, some months ago. And he was describing the way he sees peace, or equanimity, right, as another way of calling it, you know, balance, right, um, as a, a, a lotus blossom blooming, and in full bloom, in a, in a lake of fire, right, and a lake of suffering, you can there, there there is this calm, peaceful. This is the image that he kind of conjures, you know. Uh, and I think he actually even said uh, taken from the uh, Tibetan kind of uh, iconography, you know, uh, uh, visions of. Uh, you know. Yes. So, are there any other thoughts that don't come up in the five hindrances that are hindering, or, or is that is that the one? Yeah, I mean, the Buddha taught that there's five that are, that are, uh, you know, discursive, that are in the way, you know. Um, yeah, and then, you know, the reality is that, and this is, and here's the exploration of it, right? Is that if you begin to look, you may see that their versions, our mind creates versions of these five in many different forms, right? Sometimes to trick us. Right, you know, um, but and actually, these these five can really be broken down into greed, hatred, and delusion, which is really the ultimate kind of like thing that keeps us from that peace, that equanimity, that balance, that enlightenment. You know, there's many different words that describe it. Right? Um, yeah. So. So my my um, my uh, suggestion to you is to explore that in your own, like because you know there, it may come up in different ways, right? Um, yeah. So cool. So let's just get back to the the, the actual because I want to I, I want this is the goal in talking about hindrances today is I want you to walk away here knowing. That there's something you can do that's po- that you already know how to do, right? That that I kind of spoke to you and gave you a, a um, kind of breaking it down of how you can work with it as it arises. Note it. See it. Anger. Restlessness. Sleepiness. Whatever it is. You can call it whatever you want, right? Just call it whatever you want. Um... And maybe at some point, so you know, maybe at some point you can just say hindrance and come back, right? But it's helpful to go sloth, torpor, sleepiness. You know, you don't have to use sloth and torpor; they're kind of weird words, right? But I kind of like them at the same time. I don't know, sluggishness is really, you know, what uh, torpor really is: is sluggishness of the mind. You know, um, so yeah. So the, to be able to kind of use the obstacles for gaining liberation, the, use the obstacles for, um, for, for building concentration and insight as the meditation object. Huh? 
That's a pretty good one. I like it. Because it's you're just turning right, you're turning right to the fear and going, I see you fear, right? Um, my partner has a has a, a little book called Fear, right? And 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 it, it basically is. Oh, I think she gave it to you actually. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it says um, like when you see fear, and you just turn to fe- and say hello, fear. You know, when you see sluggishness, hello, sluggishness. When you see, so using. Just awareness, mindfulness, as the thing that liberates you from the hindrance. So it's the fallen tree. And you're like, oh man, the tree. Like I can't get over it, right? That's a hindrance. So you find a way to get over it, under it, around it. And you keep moving. Don't stop there. So. Okay. So now I just kind of want to open up for some more questions. Um, now that I've kind of I kind of, kind of quelled the questions, but now we'll open them up. We have we have a little bit of time. I kind of wanted to get through it, right? Sometimes, you know. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.